1: I need, need a yeah.
0: I'm not even on.
2: Hello, everybody. <laughs> How was
0: that? that? Was awesome. Is that great?
2: <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to RU Instant Reaction Review. The show where uh two <laughs> highfalutin critics put aside their crazy oh, man, <clears <clears throat> their throat> crazy movie uh analysis and just talk about the movie like two regular people at least that's sort of the theory of what we pretend right. we're doing right um and we will i think we will start off the show really quick and just say that you know we did not see it five minutes ago right uh we oh, <laughs> we saw it on Friday night. Our our sort of our goal is to obviously, you know, talk about the movie right after we see it. Yeah. And it just you know it just does not always pan out that way. No. Um, so you know I always get emails, but I should I skipped introducing us. Um, I am <laughs> are you own Mark Eastman, and with me as always is co host extraordinaire Shane Leonard. Hello. And this week we're doing <laughs> Cloud Atlas. And uh, we do want to remind you to call in. The number to call in and chat with us about the movie is 347-324-3022. And we also have uh, the chat room open. If you go to Blog Talk Radio and you're listening to the show, you know, chat with us, send us your questions. If there was ever a movie to chime in and and say, what the heck, this and that, I mean, it is this movie for sure. Yeah. Uh, I do have a couple of quick things that I want to I want to get through, and and that is we have a contest running, which obviously yeah. getting we are, we are not going to have a winner for because I said it's only going to run through November first. Yeah. yeah. And a, as things are going right now, it does not look like we are going to have enough entries. So after November first, you know, I don't know our next show will be after November first, and we'll just start it over again. And I'm gonna I guess have to... Get- I'm going to have to throw in more I saw a few entries More prizes. There have been but some. Not enough. So I thought you no. were like whoever enters gets right. it. The, there, no, there have been some, but if but like I said if we don't get to 30 entries then I'm just not going to do it. Yep. So what we'll do is anyone who's done it before, you know, they're just automatically in the new, they're carried over, the new yeah. thing or whatever. No, but cool. I guess I will have to throw in some some better prizes or whatever. I'll throw more stuff into the mix and right. hopefully we will get people to do it. Um, if you still want to try and make it, uh, you have to listen to our podcast of Dread and <laughs>
0: not three D, <3D, laughs> not three <Dread>. D,
2: <laughs> and uh, all the details are are in that show of what you need to do. So you know, go back listen to Dread. I also do want to say um, as we have been talking about over the last few weeks now, things are coming out on on DVD or Blu-ray, whatever, yep. that, that we have done shows. So right. as you're picking stuff up, you know, go back, find our show. We, right. we might have covered it. So, you know, you got stuff like – now we're already to the point where it's like Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. It's really
0: weird to see these out because I, I forget we're at the end of – I mean, we're basically in November, and I see – Like films out, and I'm like, wait a minute, we just did that show like three weeks ago, four weeks no, 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 it was like four months ago. ago, It was a while ago,
2: right? And um, uh, you know, I also want to say I'll just uh, throw a little lead in here because we've got something cool coming up. When we do Skyfall in a couple of weeks, that show's not going to be on the weekend. It's going to be on the 12th, right? And it's going to be at four o'clock on the 12th, and we have a very cool special guest who I will just throw out is not like anyone from the movie or anything like that, but we have a cool guest who's going to be on the show and I won't even say who it is because it's not like absolutely quite set in stone necessarily, but that show's going to be during the week. So that's kind of a different thing. We don't often do that, um, but we do have a cool guest and that should be a go- cool show. Yeah. Anyway, because I don't know, it looks pretty good. It lo- yeah. So, uh, that's coming up in a couple weeks. Next week, I'm not even sure what we're going to do um, because uh, the uh, flight's coming out,
0: mm-hmm.
2: but uh, we've got our uh, REScreening.com writer, Christopher Lomanac is uh, going to be covering flight. So that doesn't mean we can't cover it, but it's just, you know, maybe <laughs> we have no, maybe, no maybe, confidence maybe, in Christopher. Right, maybe that will influence us well, one way or another. And it's like Wreck-It Ralph others. or... The Man with the, the Iron
0: Fists. Right.
2: So that's like, yeah. we may have to see in a couple of days if we're in the mood for an animated yeah. movie. We've got a diverse right. selection of movies there. And, you know, it's kind of surprising this week. Um, you know, Argo now is picking up steam. Yeah. And now really? now <laughs> takes over and becomes the number one movie for the weekend. That's and awesome. And we have covered Argo, so, right. you know, go check it out. And uh, finally, before we jump into the movie, I just want to once again thank all the listeners because as we have kept saying, you know, we are surprisingly fond of the numbers right. we're getting. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, because really, it you know, it's kind of blown us away. We started this at the end of March. Mm-hmm. So we've been doing this like seven months now. Yeah. And I hate to say what the numbers are. <laughs> Right. I just don't. Uh, I just don't like to. It's like gone wrong if you start saying exactly what yeah. your numbers are, uh, you know, good or bad or whatever it is. But they are kind of amazing to us. But I will say this: when we started doing this in yeah. March, you know, did you think in seven months we would have well over a no. hundred thousand listeners? No. Yeah, me neither. No, not at all. <laughs> I mean that just.
0: I remember every once in a while when the numbers would bump. You would text me or call me or we'd talk and, and I would just be like you're reading them wrong. Right. Like, I, know, I think you I need know. to get your eyes checked. There's another number there uh, that I, did, I that. did too and it was it funny was because
2: it, especially because it would go like one week to the next. You'd go well no. <laughs>
0: How did that happen? It really <laughs> well, like no wrong. come on that doesn't make any sense at all. Uh, anyway so but yeah, we do have to lot. say thank you so yeah, much for listening subscribing and I'm just psyched like, uh, everyone's having as much fun as we are. I mean I'm this is a blast. So and if people get a kick out of it too, that's just all the better. Exactly. And and we did um get several
2: emails over the last couple of weeks specifically about our show for Argo. So oh, if cool. you are now catching up to that, very cool. Um, you know, you wanna go back and check that out, it, it's apparently a very cool show. And we got several shows. Nobody really had any questions. Nothing. Just like we, we actually through. even got another email from Mary. You remember Mary, who Mary. emailed us and said, "I should shut up and you should talk." To oh me. yeah, yeah, yeah. I like Mary. Um, who said that? You know, they really liked our our Argo show. They went to see. it. Oh so cool. They like. You know, oh, they, that's cool. They waited cool. till they saw it and then listened to the show. But that show in nice. particular, we did get a lot of
0: emails about just you know.
2: That's cool. Hey, That's I'm generic, like Argo not was asking a,
0: questions. Argo is a great film, and I'm psyched to see it get more legs. You know, it, I don't know if it is going to run all the way to the Here, Oscars. What did you do? I didn't do anything. You're messing with the equipment
2: there. No, I, I can't know. hear anything. You, you were like oh, all we spotty are. or something.
0: Well, I was straightening up.
2: <laughs> right, because you need to move yeah. on equipment. <laughs> sorry. Jeez, sorry about that. I like uh, kind of am uh, <laughs> out of order right now. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway okay so yeah now that we've now that we're done patting ourselves on the back (laughs) right exactly but the point uh is for right now is that this is got to be the movie especially over the last couple months of shows we've been doing this is the movie that you know i would just love to hear other people if if you go in the chat room ask us a question through the chat room you know we won't type back to you likely but we'll see what you're doing <laughs> right when you're doing it we'll talk about right, it right? right but um if you don't want to call in because i just really would love to know yeah. what people are thinking about this and you know the a couple things i have to start out cloud outless by saying just because that's what I, i'm crazy but right this is another movie where <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes irritates me. If you've been listening uh, to our show for a while, yeah, you've yeah, all right. This it, is it, good. It's been a while
0: since we've had a Rotten
2: Tomatoes conversation. <laughs> it has been. But if you have been listening for a long time or you've gone back to other shows, you know that <laughs> we have had our run ins with Rotten Tomatoes. And the key to it this week is that on Rotten Tomatoes, it, it's right around, I think, like 58% fresh or something. Okay. But that is a pretty misleading number, I still think, and we've talked about all you know the various forms of that, right? Uh, giving you a, a misleading impression of the film, because there are a lot of them. If you look through the specific reviews, like Peter Travers yep. for one, has a fairly negative review. Not a you know he doesn't trash it or anything, but his review really kind of comes out as kind of negative, and yet he's fresh on the. Sure. On the Rotten Tomatoes thing because, you know, I don't know exactly what it is, but like, you know, you rate it two and a half or three or whatever it is, and boom, you're fresh. Right. What and and that's just misleading to me that you know, you have X number of critics are giving it a fresh. Right. But they're all talking very negatively about right. it. Right. And and, you know, Peter Travers did not love this film, but he's still floating on the fresh side. And there are plenty of other critics that are like that. Yeah. What's weird is that he does kind of stand out in that category of most critics are loving or hating this. Yeah. And there aren't a lot of critics who are going, well, this is bad and this is bad, and but two and a half or three stars. Right. I mean, a lot of people are loving this or hating it, and, and that's where you end up. The other thing that I want to say uh, to like kick off on Cloud Atlas is when we saw it right. and it wasn't packed, To begin with, but you kind of expect that going into this movie somewhere between like five and seven people or somewhere around there walked out and never came back. Right. And and that is pretty interesting, I thought. I mean, it was
0: we talked about this at some point. You know, there are there are occasionally just like you you go into the wrong movie and you just really you're like, wow, I can't stay this. Or maybe you get called away because. You're a doctor or right. something you know something yeah. strange, but I, it's been a very, very, very long time, and I mean maybe more than a decade, where I've seen somebody literally just leave the theater. And this wasn't a group – Well, and especially more than one person. Right. This wasn't a group of like five people who came in a suburban and were like, and you know what, let's go together, have more fun right. at TGI Fridays. Right. This movie's not great. It was one person left, then a few minutes later, two people left, <laughs> right. and then a little bit later, two more people left, and then another per- – and it was like – Wow, they just—they're not—they're just, uh, right. not, they're not just digging not the cloud together, yeah. right?
2: And it was—that was interesting. It, and what was even a little bit more interesting uh, for me is because you know the the next big thing is. Um, The last big thing, I mean, is like Tree of Life, right? Everybody left that. And there was like huge talking about leaving that. And there were, you know, theaters putting out signs going, we're not giving you your money back because (laughs) so many people were leaving. Right. But in that movie, it was, you know, people would be watching the movie for like 15 minutes and go, I'm gone. Right. Right. And, And this was not that happening, which I thought was even a little bit more interesting. I mean, we were well into the movie. Right and people went, yeah, I gave that a shot and yeah. I and I'm done. <laughs> it wasn't like, you know, I would have thought differently if it would have been, you know, after 10, 15 minutes or something they walk out, you're like, well, I mean they just right. Uh, thought they were getting a whole different thing maybe, but right. they actually gave the film a pretty good shot.
0: Yeah. And the final thing is, okay, we've got someone talking in the chat room. Yeah. Uh which is I, always good to see. Right. People pop in and out of the chat room sometimes and, and don't I don't know if they know that we're watching it all the time, but but right. we certainly are watching it and but and we are it would be awesome if But to be fair, sometimes we don't notice when things happen. There <laughs> are times we don't notice, but um Yeah I was just drawing your attention to the uh activity there. The other
2: yeah, somebody uh Naked Conversations is talking to us in the chat, room, right. So there you go. Um who is psyched to see it and you know some people just don't understand this type of thing and and I agree completely yeah. you need to know what you're in store for with this movie because this is just not right. you know your average movie it's also not a movie that someone can say like okay tell me about that movie in like two sentences i mean You're not going to get anywhere. And you can't say, well, it's like this, but with some of this thrown in. Yeah, you never can be like, it's like Die Hard with Caddyshack. It's It's not one of these things. Yeah, it's it's very complex. And, you know, even at at best, you know, you have some work to do to try and tell people what's going on in this movie. Uh, But now, you know, getting kind of past that and into the movie itself. Right. The other, the the final thing that I want to like open with is that you know we aren't right after we saw it. Right. We've had some time to process a little bit, which you know we're on our honor to try and not do. Right.
0: <laughs> but, oh, I remember exactly but, how I felt when I but saw you, it. but you
2: can't help it. But man, I have really kind of gone down on this movie since we left. La- since we left. Yeah. I was really kind of okay with it. Yeah. Um I was yeah, prob- I was probably one of the the odd middle of the road critics which mm-hmm. like I said there aren't a lot of. Um but you can go down on Rotten Tomatoes it's pretty interesting in my opinion anyway. You can look through the critics reviews and you get the little tiny blurbs and mm-hmm. if you read like read through a lot of those blurbs and in the end you're going to get a pretty good right. review of the movie right. because they cover a lot of a, a lot of interesting parts about the movie and have good statements. Right. Which is not usually the case, actually. When you go through those little blurbs, usually they don't tell you anything. Right. And they're like <laughs> yeah. fantastic. I mean, they're right. like looking for their you yeah. know DVD quotes or whatever right. with, with their little sound bite garbage, you know, little blips. But, yeah. But this one, it's actually pretty <laughs> sure. cool to read through these ones. But but anyway, you know, this is a movie that when you get out of it, you you probably need some time to process it. And I'm not the first person that we've even talked about <laughs> talked about saying I'm going to have to see where I am in a couple right. days, right? Right. And that's really kind of how this works. And and I've kind of gone down. Yeah. I, I mean, I I was I was very kind of middle of the road. I didn't I didn't hate it, and I still don't hate it, but I I like it less than when than when we yeah. first left.
0: So um, well, this is also an interesting thing. Not that it matters terribly but it was interesting when we started talking about it um that you cloud atlas is uh it's a it's a big it's just under three hours it's two hours and 51 minutes you know we'll call it three hours it's a big three-hour film that's an adaptation of a book that came out almost a decade ago it was uh 2004 by david mitchell and i had read the book recently and you have not right so in that regard like when we were waiting for the movie to start You know, we were talking about how it's going to be kind of interesting to see, you know, because I know it's a sprawling, complicated book and whether or not that translates to someone who's familiar with the story like me or who was new to it that night like you. Right. So it was it was really interesting when we started having a bit of a conversation um, after the movie, too. And when we were going through things and we'll get into it more, I'm sure. But there were just things I was telling you about the book and you were like, well, that sucks. They should have put that in. Right. So it was – and I've had a couple conversations just with other people who I, who had gone to see the film um, Friday and I talked to them yesterday briefly about it. And some of them hadn't read the book and the ones that had – it's interesting. The ones who had read the book all kind of echoed what I was saying to them about it. Um, they got the first look at my my right, review right. as I finally did. They were like, what would you think? I'm like, I don't mind telling you here. Right. And then the other people who hadn't read it said a lot of the same stuff you did. So it was almost like an echo of thinking of like, this is what people thought of it if they hadn't read the book or if they had. So I thought that was actually kind of really interesting.
2: Right. I think that if you haven't read the book, you're in for a difficult time of of getting a lot out of it. It's it's not like you're not going to understand what's going on because you haven't read the book. Right. (laughs) But I, I think in the end, um, and actually, this kind of ties in because we've got uh, we've still got someone in the chat room, and yep. and they're saying, you know, did they make it? Did they make the story too complicated? And people want simplicity and all that. Yeah. And actually, I think they didn't make it complicated enough in the movie. Hmm. I, I don't think they made the movie complicated enough, really, because yeah. they don't get to what you're supposed to get out of the story, really. Right. I, I don't think they really deliver that, yeah. and. Obviously, the book must. Uh, I mean, I, I haven't read it, but the book must kind of get to where it's supposed to get. I. I mean, I, I have to assume it does because lots of people love it. I, I don't. don't know. Yeah, I
0: don't have a. There's no real spoiler about the book. Um Especially because it's almost like trying to spoil Twin Peaks. You know, this book is almost right. a decade old. If you haven't read it yet, and this is now just on your radar, this you'll have gone to the to the book because you've seen the movie and you love the movie. Right. You already know that it's a complicated story. The the book is basically a palindrome. It starts off with one story and it morphs into six, and it does so by cutting every story in half, just about the point where they reach a climax, and then it starts the next story. And the stories are interrelated, and they explain how. um, And by the time you get to the sixth story in the middle of the book, it's a whole story that's uninterrupted. And then you go through the end of the book concluding all the stories that have been interrupted. So it's almost like the layers of an onion. In doing that, you do get the resolution of most of what's happening. Um, And in telling a story like that, when you invest in a certain number of pages and you're trying to figure out the arc of the story and the narration and all these things... To have it suddenly stop and then continue years and years and years and years later, sometimes hundreds of years later, right. um, you know that can be a little jarring. And then you actually get you, you get a sense of what he's doing because in the in the book, David Mitchell, and they do it in the movie. They kind of allude to what's happening. The movie makes it very very clear in a way quite quickly that there are all kinds of things going on. Like in the first five minutes, you get a, a quick you, you beginning of every single one of the right. stories. Right. And in a strange way, it's almost like if this was a contemporary movie set in a contemporary setting, you would just think, well, these six characters are going to run into each other like Crash or Grand Canyon or something like Pulp Fiction. Love, love just Actually. Love Actually, actually yeah. right. They're, they're all going to bump into right. somewhere at some place, and they're all going to have a ripple effect around each other. And in a way, that kind of is it. But this spans hundreds, and in, in some cases, you could argue a thousand years. Right. Um, but the book the – book, um, the book is difficult to get into partially because of the language, partially because of the setting of the first story, and David Mitchell's an accomplished smart guy, and he can write in the voice of that story. The tone and, the, and the, the feel of that story is totally different than something that he writes about contemporarily, which is just a very easy kind of crime fiction story that you read and not a lot of looking up words or not knowing why people are saying what they're saying. Um, but once you figure out the trick, you're kind of on board with it. And he gives you a long time to get used to it, and um, I don't know why the Wachowskis chose to not really do that. It's almost like the story is fragmented enough, and they decided – see, I'm on the other side. I I thought that they made the movie way more complicated than they had to do it by showing all the stories at once and cutting back and forth so fast between them instead of just telling – like the narrative – you didn't have to use the book as a screenplay. But if there are six stories and if you told every story, say, 25 minutes long and kind of layered it the way the book does, you would still have 15 or 20 minutes if you wanted to stay with the same running time they've got, 15 or 20 minutes to do whatever introduction and conclusion you wanted to kind of do this thing. But instead of going, you know, stories one through six and then... Back down to five, four, three, two, one, yeah, the they go four one, way, three, right. two, six, two, four, one, nine, four, three, eight, <sighs> fifty five and you're oh, right. like, wait,, and the only reason that I was unsettled by that is because I thought that the book was difficult enough, you didn't need to further complicate it right for a lot of people that i don 't know necessarily have read the book, I think what they see is like what you talked about in the trailer. Oh, Tom Hanks is in a big drama. Well, we're gonna go because we love Tom Hanks and he's great in big dramas. Right. And what you get is what we're right. gonna is, talk about, is next, which is really right. not that at all. Well, what I mean about
2: the complicatedness of of the story and that the movie's not complicated enough is that you know whatever the final thing he's trying to get to us, you know, mm-hmm. I mean whatever he thinks. <laughs> uh, or or they think, making the movie. Whatever right. they think they're trying to tell you. Like, already pretty famously, you know, uh, Lana Wachowski has said that she made the movie. Yeah, this was big. She made the movie because she wanted to teach the people who would lynch her. Right. Uh, who, you know, I don't, bigoted people right. who are, you know, whatever, right? And whatever it is that she's trying to teach us, whatever yeah. the movie is supposed to ultimately be saying and partially there's this whole everything is interconnected and yeah. blah 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 right but and and really i think as i said before when we walked out of the movie it, this movie is not an example of things being interconnected no the, right. th- this movie is an example of uh, somebody later in time might find your letters right
1: and yet, and yet
2: so what that's not interconnected right. <laughs> <laughs> they're yeah. not interconnected right. in any way When you get to the very end story, the farthest in the future story, Mm -hmm. and you've got uh, one person from the previous story has basically now become God to far enough in the future people. Now, I mean, then there's some interconnectedness. Uh, Right. But... Every, but none of the other stories have any actual interconnectedness. Right. There's a person in the future who found a record and and stumbled, you know, by pure random chance into another person who who had letters. I mean, right. they're they're completely random stories. Then it's just like. Oh look, this person has some kind of tie to right. another person in history. Right. That's not like everything's interconnected. But whatever it is that the movie is trying to get us, and I think it's you know more uh, along the lines of finally daring to do something, you know, that is hugely hard to do in right. order to not be oppressed in some way or another, or you know, something yeah. like that you still don't really get it in the movie. And
1: yeah. I hope <clears throat>
2: that you get it in the book. To whatever extent you get that in the movie, I think you have to like bring it with you from the right. book. I don't right. think people who haven't read the book are, are really getting... All you get in the movie, if you never had any connection to the book, is something that is delivered really poorly
0: mm-hmm.
2: and doesn't really amount to much beyond, you know, a greeting card, right. kind of uh, something that someone could tell you better in a right. greeting card, frankly. Right. I mean, you don't you don't really get the stories because you know, you never really get enough into the characters and there's there's so much that this movie like I, I almost think like it was scared to really do. It it didn't mm-hmm. want to go that far because it wanted everything to be too kind of Happy and okay, right. even when what we're trying to say is not, not happy, happy and okay not stuff. okay stuff, right? And and that's just such a weird, you know, pullback from the thing that you're writing about, right. like, uh, The thing that you're trying to tell in the movie, anyway. I mean, writing the screenplay, right? Everything seems like so kind of safe and not that bad, really, yeah. somehow. And and it's very weird, kind of, you know. You're trying to watch the movie and, you know, you have this evil doctor mm-hmm. who's poisoning this guy so he can steal all his stuff. Right. And yet somehow it's almost kind of like comic bookly happen- happening and, and not in a good comic book way. Right. I mean, it's like Sunday morning cartoon, really, right. version of of he's this bad guy. And, and everyone doesn't, you know, everyone's opposed to the slave and they're about to kill him and then he gets out of being killed and, and everything is just feels so, I don't know, like they didn't want to be dramatic in anything that they were doing dramatically. Yeah. And then even, so that just like kind of translates, that's just the feeling that's kind of going through this hugely long movie. Right. Which the one thing that we should make sure that we say is that uh, of all the movies we've seen this year, none has made that time pass better. This is
0: a very fast,
2: long movie. It, 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 it really is. It is.
0: There, there's, it's strange to think there's of
2: There's never a point, as much as I don't love what the movie finally manages to do or not do like thematically... Mm-hmm. I mean, it. there's never a point when you're sitting there going, oh, my God, I've been watching this movie for so long. And we've been in movies that are half an hour shorter than this that <laughs> seem two hours longer, right. right? So it's at least got that going for it. But I sort of feel like the way that this movie went wrong, which just kind of highlighted the oddness when you were telling me about some parts in the book, so yeah. you were like, well – in this story, there's this part. I'm like, why did we not see that? It would have because, been
0: awesome. Yeah. Because
2: that would make so much more sense. And that would it, that adds to it. It's like they read the book and didn't necessarily understand it, what were the best parts of right. the book. They're like, somehow this story says this. So yeah. let's make a movie of this story. And then they pick out the parts. You, know, you obviously can't film everything. It's, sure. It's so it's already it, it, three it, hours it, long. Yeah. But it's like they picked out parts and said, "Yeah, that's not really that important a part," and right. and and got them all wrong. Right. All
0: well, there's an incredibly fun part of the book. It's the third or fourth entry, and it's it's this mystery. It's called Half Lives, the first adventure of uh, Louisa Ray, and. Um, uh, it's the first Louisa Ray mystery, and there's this really interesting thing. She's an investigative reporter for this magazine who finds a cover up about a nuclear um, plant and this big overarching kind of uh, will kill anybody that finds out that it's going to be big, dangerous stuff. And there's a moment in the, in the story where she is fleeing with a report she's not supposed to have, and she gets driven off the road into what appears to be her death. And in the book, it it stops there and it goes to the next entry like it really just this is how the book works and I watched this happen in the movie and I was watching it trying to think is well like how would somebody not just you because you know I was curious what your thought would be but how does somebody who doesn't know what's happening feel about what's happening because they didn't really show any of that stuff she's just driving and suddenly this car emerges from the darkness and runs her off the road
2: right
0: and I thought okay maybe they're gonna tell this out of Tale kind of thing, you know, they'll come back to why she's being run off the road. They never really did it. They did it later through like a piece of dialogue that she has, but it was never really set up. And there's a big, huge part of the story that's important to the theme of recurrent. There's a big reincarnation kind of your soul keeps making these choices or mistakes thing that they go through, and that's... We, we know that they've already killed other people, though, so you, right. you, you've at you just least, assume you've at at
2: least right. got that.
0: And it was just like this thing that they do in other stories up and down the list of the of the movie and in the book, and I was just like, man, I don't... Like what you said, you can't film everything. But I thought they they chose some things, like what you said, that didn't really necessarily push necessarily push the story forward and focused on stuff that they shouldn't have done they were heavy-handed when they needed to be subtle. It was just really right. backwards and out of control in and, a lot
2: of ways. And, you know, the the thing that is especially weird, and, you know, it really comes through, and it, you probably kind of can't get a real understanding of what's going on, maybe, and I could be wrong, but without, like, some allusion to, you know, the Wachowskis and their work.
0: Because, I think this is big. You've had this because, one, yeah
2: this really made a difference i think to me and the way i was seeing the film and the way that i think the film actually like came to be constructed because um you know famously they did the matrix movies right and you know made the first matrix and just boom i mean it was right. so huge and it it just became such a like you know phenomenon yeah. of culture so fast that obviously people gave them Whatever jillions of dollars right. they wanted to make some more of them, right? And you know the first Matrix movie is really great. Yeah, I mean I I love the first Matrix movie, right? And the first Matrix movie is you know you take like this little like kind of goofy thing of philosophy class, right? right? I mean you went to like philosophy one hundred and one in college you can't get through philosophy 101 without talking about like dualism and reality and brains and bats problems. Right. right? And, yeah. you know, how do you know that you're not just a brain and a bat, right. right. Be, you think this be is happening, given yeah. all these things. Right. You know, I mean, it's just,
1: yeah. you know,
2: standard, easy, you know, intro to philosophy stuff. And, you know, they didn't come out with the matrix and go, We'll take that, and what we'll do is we'll teach everyone all this stuff because we know everything now, and we're smarter than everyone. Right? You know, they said, hey, here's a goofy thing, and let's make like an action movie out of of it and have like a lot of fun. Right. And that's what people got out of that movie. Yeah. And then they made the next two movies. Right. And it was like all of a sudden they apparently (laughs) – Thought that they were, like, in the absolute upper echelon of philosophers who right. had ever existed. And they were going to tell people. Uh, and, you know, the, like, the, move, the second two movies just talk to you like you're stupid. Yeah. I mean, they just talk to the audience, like, and, and you know, they have to say everything, like, ten times. And they, mm-hmm. go, and they say, look, we know that you don't understand what we're saying. Right. Because you couldn't possibly. Right. So we're going to explain <laughs> right. it again. I love it, when,
0: I love it when you get on the Wachowskis for this. And, right, though. And, it, I mean, it's just, it's such a
2: weird shift mm-hmm. in what happens when you watch the first movie and you watch the second movie yeah. and you go, well, what the hell? Yeah, I mean, right. Right. How, how did I get from point A to point B? Right. And there's something going on where they just think that they're explaining things to people that, you know, could – not only has no one ever heard what we're saying before right but also we don't think you can understand it anyway right. so we're going to tell you over and over <laughs> and and those are the people who made this movie yeah and it's not nearly as bad as i was kind of scared that it was going to be right but it's still there behind behind what's it's, going on right their handiwork and there are several times where and you know i don't know if something like this happens in the book with this whole everybody keeps saying the same phrases throughout history or whatever. But, really. it, but if it does happen in the book, they should have taken it out of the yeah, movie. No. Because you have people in, like, the, you know, stories way in the future. Right. Who will say some, like, you know, this goofy line about <laughs> how the weaker meat and the strong will we'll eat, eat, right? Right. Which is, you know, kind of just... right as goofy as you could get anyway. Right. But then you have that, you know, coming back and, and then you go back to Tom Hanks as the doctor on the ship says right. it again. Right. Because it's <laughs> because, and all that does is <clears throat> now, if you have somebody say a goofy line once, then fine. Right. And you go, he's saying this goofy line because there's an extent to which this is what we're trying to say with this movie is, you know, what we're trying to ultimately get to in this movie is that, you know, that's how a lot of people think. That's how a lot of human history rolls. Right. Is that, you know, might makes right and right. and the weak people are gonna suffer. And and, you know, how much history do you have to look through to realize that, well, nobody says that goofy line, but that's what <laughs> right the, that's how the world works. And so it's fine to have that once and point out that what we're getting at is people breaking away from that being an actual truth right and doing in some cases whatever it takes to you know overthrow the people who are of that opinion whatever right right but when you say it when you have a character say it again then all you're saying is and it's you know <laughs> i mean the movie isn't that long but i mean it seems like it's hours later right <laughs> right it's forever later and we've gone through it's like how many things we've we gone through already and then the person says it again you know then the movie is just saying
0: you're not you're bright. not, you're, you're not right. bright
2: enough to follow what's going on so i have to say it to you again
0: there's there is and this is a funny embarrassing admission <laughs> that i i'm not even really <clears throat> seriously defending them on this cuz that is annoying and they do do it and it isn't done in the book. The, the one thing that the book does that the, the movie did in a couple places is one of the reasons that the book, I think, has gone a, um, a fair amount of attention is its postmodern kind of way that it was written because it's very self-referential. There are times when, like um, later, the, when Jib Broadbant plays the, the book editor, uh, the book publisher, he gets the, the copy of the Louisa Ray mystery and this is how like it's all interconnected like he's literally reading the story of the previous character and he makes a criticism about it that is supposed to be undercutting that it's that the the novel itself that the critics would have not within the story but real life right and he says well none of this would happen characters don't talk like this this is just genre fiction like he's literally pointing at it and saying i get the problem of this genre before you so i'm smarter than you're giving me credit for because i'm telling you in advance this is the problem and they do this throughout um everything except no well, I think even the far future they one. They,
2: they have a couple of runs at critics too where right right, they, and they, it's, they and talk it's about interesting critics are horrible. some of
0: the stuff that is very funny about the book um comes from this this section where there's an, a man in who's uh tutoring under a um, a musician. He's just supposed to be a genius. Right. And in the book, they talk about how pretentious this is and how silly this argument is. And it's reflective of the story and and on and on. That, that said, they don't really do that in the book. But here's the embarrassing thing. The movie is very strange. Um, there were times I felt great, huge swells of boredom. And then there were other times I was very excited because there were there are some really great bits in the film like you said in the beginning you didn't hate it you still don't hate it but you didn't really love it the way like ebert loves it like ebert like this is the new citizen kane he's all about this film you
2: know since you mentioned ebert (laughs) i I, I have to (laughs) this is the greatest show for you because it's the
0: wachowskis ebert everybody you hate all (laughs) we got to do is find yeah rotten tomatoes we got to get george lucas in this somehow but 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 don't lose your train of thought. No, I, no, I'm but not. Gonna, I do, is, I do. I do want to say man.
2: that since you know you brought up Ebert, right? <laughs> I think it's awesome because if if you have listened to the show repeatedly, you know that I have my issues with Ebert, right? But the thing that's great about Ebert's review of this that will get you to understand exactly where I am really quickly because he has several movies, right, right. that he gives four stars. And you've got, like, Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull, and you've got, like, the the early um, Star Wars movies, like right. the Phantom Menace, and what, and whatever, right? the and, yep. where he gives them huge star ratings and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because the higher the rating that he gives, the less he actually talks about the movie, right? <laughs> right. And he gives this movie four stars. <laughs> And says absolutely nothing, nothing about the, movie. About the film. I he know. doesn't really talk love about that. It. He talks in general, sort of about moviedom, right, and right. and whatever, right. And and it's the exact same feeling. Like, how can you love this movie that much? It's right, it, it's crazy. But he gives the same kind of review, yeah, here as he does of the other movies that are insane. I mean, I don't. If you love Crystal Skull and think it's like one of the best hey, movies right. that came out that year, then you need to go <laughs> see this quick because.
0: <laughs> Because
2: Ebert is right on board
0: with you. Well, in line with what you were saying, which is their their annoying repetition of phrases, um, I started thinking how to how to bring this up because I thought it was important to give myself a catharsis. Um, They may have done it for people like me who fell asleep in the movie. Um, I was I was sitting next to you, and I wore strangely enough, I wore this. It's a hugely heavy and very comfortable, um, not winter coat, but it's a it's a fall fleece. And the the theater was warm. This whole I story was, is not going to No, 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 it, it, does, it does. It was. A, I'm telling an embarrassing embarrassing moment. Um, the, <laughs> I was so warm and I was so bored. I started to fall asleep, and it was one of those moments where you fall asleep for like three seconds, just long enough for your head to rock back and you're awake, but not fast enough to catch the snore that's <laughs> about to come out of my mouth. I can feel it coming, and I've already done it. And I've snored and I woke up and I immediately started giggling. I looked at you and you looked at me and you went, really? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I I just – I, i I'm sorry. I passed out for a second. I'm so bored at this moment. <laughs> so it's that, that good. So, that right. And so, so maybe funny. they put these repetitive phrases in for people like me who fall asleep and right. like, hey, I didn't – remember that one time he said weak is yeah. the meat and meat is the weak? And right. you're like, and one time? They that's said right. that like nine times. Right. I rarely do that. It's just it, – and that's by way of saying – there are great big problems. I with wish I film. had paid attention to exactly when that happened.
1: Where we I know,
0: I think so I, I could, don't If I, if we're I were. could remember the exact moment, it would be very funny. But um, no, there are these big. Mo- there are these big moments in the film that because they're inters you know, they're interspeeding these different cuts, and they're not trusting the story that they want to tell, but they want to gimmick you with the flash bang, like, oh, now we're going to go here, right. and you just get interested in something, and now you have to go pay attention to something else. What they forget is. Maybe not everybody's really interested, not in that type of story, but in the characters that you're going to. They spent a lot of time on the new Tokyo
2: story.
0: Neo-Korea. It's the Sanmi um, is, the, is the name of the person in it. And I kind of understand and that was one that Lana Wachowski really directed. Like they all there were three directors. We're not even talking about the right. run Lola Run guy. We're just always bashing on the Wachowskis. But he did seemingly a good job with the stuff he had. It's just my problems are all with what you can tell either Wachowski had. Um, but they focused a lot of stuff on these, these characters and I understand with her, you know, political reasons for wanting to do it, this was a vehicle for her to say what she feels and to try to Get people off her back I guess but it's just it's it's so cut up at times that you did just so disengaged and there's no real gravity to it and we talked about one of the mistakes that I thought that they made was um, trying to be too cute with the gimmick over really what was suddenly like now it just deferred into a guffaw. like all the different prosthetics there was there, there was a lot have of to it go
2: through I was really trying to sell the style Right over the substance. Right, they were really trying to run as far and as fast as they could yep. with the gimmick, and when when they kind of ran out of steam with one gimmick, they had another they had gimmick to throw ready. at you, and, and then they had another story to
0: try the different gimmick. And, in. and
2: even well, right, and even just the whole same actors in right. all these different things that was just that was just their other gimmick. I mean, it was right, and that was because big.
0: it. Really served no purpose, you mentioned this in the end you 're like i don't know how it is in the book again, but you were like i don 't see a real reason why they had to keep using the same actors over and over again, aside from the gimmick of it aside from and I was look like at the cute there isn't any. Yeah. there really isn't any
2: it, it, and and not that there's anything wrong with that no really it, it 's fine yeah it 's just that a lot of times it 's very gimmicky I mean right. it, it comes across as You know, you could make this movie, uh, someone else could make this movie anyway. Mm -hmm. Someone else could make this movie and do the same thing with having the same actors play all these different roles, and you know, it would just kind of roll right over you. You know, you wouldn't really pay a a whole lot of attention to it, and you would just go, well, okay, whatever, this is what's happening, but it's like they really want to shove the gimmickiness at you and make sure that you're looking at it. Right. And then, you know, then it stands out right. and makes you go, well, now, why is that happening? Well, and it does it
0: so much, like you said, about the repetitious of characters. You, you know, the repetition of characters works to a certain extent. Like when, when you see Tom Hanks, he's, he, he looks like Tom Hanks. He's not every man. He, he's Tom Hanks. Right. When you put a fake nose on him and you shave him and you put like sideburns on him and you've got, you know, you do the Saturday Night Live skit that we talked about, which is Tom, what what accents can you talk in? We'll build a skit around it. Right. You know, and he has to do like a cockney hooligan thing. It doesn't work. Yeah, and he does and, He does
2: the guy who wrote a certain book, a knuckle, knuckle Sandwich, sandwich or, yeah, right. or whatever yep. it is, and and he's some thug-type right. guy who then writes a book. And it, this all connects because his publisher is the right. person who's got to be trapped in this you know, really like <laughs>
0: – One flew over the cuckoo's nest this, kind of place. This
2: really like – bunnies and unicorns version of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest that's going on, which, you know, that's another thing that's kind of weird is because it's like what they want to do, and apparently what happens in the book Mm -hmm. is really a lot closer to One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. It is. And you can tell when you're watching the movie that what what they want to happen is something that's like that, but again, Mm -hmm. they won't go there to in, it. into like, a dark kind of area right. with anything right. even the thing that really ought to be pretty dark right and what's what's kind of weird and you know I'm maybe this is just an example again of them not really having a good handle on what it is that makes this book work yeah. if it does work and actually does at the end of the book give you you know something to walk right. home with right Assuming that the book actually does it, this is, I think, probably another example of how the movie doesn't understand how it does it, if right. it does it, because, like you said, they spend a lot of time on the Neo-Korea. Mm-hmm. And when we got done with the movie, I was thinking, you know, that's easily the best part of the movie. That's right. the best story. It is. It's the story that they actually give you stuff to connect with Every, and, yeah. and, and work with. And Probably the next best, although it wasn't, you know, just the greatest story, is the, you know, end. The very ending one. And it, because they spend a lot of time on that one. Yeah. And they've got a whole lot of Tom Hanks showing off that version, that yeah. part of the story or whatever. And so we walk out and I'm going, well, you know, so those are the things they're trying to make those do everything. Mm-hmm. And then. As soon as I say that, you're say, you're saying those are the ones that you didn't like out of the and whole the book. out of the whole book.
0: There are, and and this goes for the movie too. There are six stories basically intersped between different forms. The movie does it much more choppier. But in the book, I really loved four of the six. I loved every single one except for the New Korea, and the end, the apocalyptic one. And what was interesting about seeing the movie is, uh, I told the person yesterday who got me hooked on the book. Um that now I am excited to reread those I don't know that I'll reread the whole book because I remember a lot of it. I just right. I just read the damn thing. Right. You know, but I'm excited to now read those two stories again because the movie paid so much attention to them that maybe maybe I'm gonna like those more. I actually certainly liked watching them in right. the movie. They were very like you said, they paid way too much attention to them, but they it paid off because those were great. And I didn't like those in the book at all. So right. I was very amused at how that had flipped. Right. For me. And, and the stuff that I loved in the book, they didn't represent very well in the movie. And I was disappointed because I thought, man, not just because I loved it, but because I know these are really great important things if you're going to believe this reincarnated mistake reward system that they try to put through the whole story. These are important in these three stories. Right. And but it's really bizarre. What
2: stands out what stands out to me is and because obviously I don't know because I haven't read the books, but if they're going to make movie where what they're going to focus mostly on is these two stories out of the six. Yeah. And you like those the least. I mean, are those Is that not to kind of have gone wrong somewhere? Because yeah. are those the parts of the book that really have the power of the book? Yeah, How could so. they be? Yeah, if, I didn't think they did. If those are the ones that right. you don't like. And what's especially odd to me, you know, from the standpoint of trying to make this movie, is that the whole Neo-Korea one, which, like I said, is really well done, in the end, I feel like it's almost accidentally done well, because you know, and like I said, I don't know exactly how the book works out, but in this Neo-Korea one, we have uh, the whole thing kind of is her telling the story as she's being interrogated Mm -hmm. by, you know, whatever, the history recorder crazy person. Archivist. Whatever it is that happens in this, you know, future Future culture or whatever. You know, just before she's about to be put down or right whatever, right? And that whole part we spend all that time on that part getting, you know, through the whole she is whatever exactly she is. She's a replicant. She's a clone yeah. right. that they make clones to work in service industries of whatever. Yeah. right? And they they apparently get to live for 12 years and then it's like this whole Logan's Run thing. Right, exactly. Go, like, it's a total
0: go. Logan's Run thing. You think you're freed and you're not freed. Right. You're and else. And so anyway, like the whole thing is that she's telling her story to this archivist
2: and we get to very close to the end of the story, right? Mm-hmm. And and he says, you know, why would you do that if no one's going to... No one's going to hear your story. No, no one may believe what right. you're saying anyway. And she says, well, one person does. Right. Because clearly, you know, the theory is that he does. He does right? now, right? And it's like that line is the whole reason we spent all the time on that story. Right. Because they love that line. Yeah. And they want to make sure that they're selling that line, that line as yeah. much as they can. So we have to watch that story for most of the movie yeah. just because we want to make sure that that line works. And I'm thinking, is that line really what this book is about? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it's like right. is yeah. that what this whole movie is about? Is that really where we should have yeah. spent all this time just because we want to have the power behind – behind her delivering that line. Right. And did we necessarily need for that to be so, have so much focus of the movie on that story in order to do, to get there. Yeah. But it's, but when that all comes together and you, and you get to the part where she says that line, there's kind of a moment where she just walks out after that. And, and you kind of go,
0: really? Right. That's what I had to watch all that for. For Yeah.
2: And, you know that just kind of is like one more layer of the i don't really know that they get this book yeah and yet they're telling me the story of right. the book right in in really ultimately a pretty condescending way yeah that
0: they clearly understand things way right, better right. than anyone else right. which and it's difficult for them to dumb it down for you exactly you know? it is and it's it's but we'll try like, real hard you know
2: it's whatever. almost like they have this movie at 90 minutes and then they went, well, no one's going to be able to understand right. all the right. awesome things we're saying if it's only that long. So we have to we have to right. say everything again. Right. It's like we have to double the time of the movie They spend a lot of,
0: we have to say it again. They spend, we're getting close to the end too, but they spend a lot of time doing what you just said and not enough time doing certain obvious things. Like in the very first story, which goes back and forth through this doctor who is poisoning this guy, Adam Ewing, to get his, his treasures. There were people that I talked to that had never read the book. And I heard people when we walked out of the theater they were talking they didn't understand until until they literally have Tom Hanks do what you should never have to have any character do which is vocalize which is their intention. Himself. He is suddenly the James Bond villain, right. you know explaining his master plan from A to Z so you can interrupt any point and save the world. Exactly. He literally says to a guy who can't talk back to you so he's in this he's in this basement of the ship you know talking to himself about his evil plan. He's like I mean, so i'm going to, to kill to, you yeah, so i can get all your gold about, and people yeah. then finally went oh cuz all no one understood what they were doing
2: right and the, and and you just don't get and there's get it. no reason
0: to absolutely it, it, not it's so, not
2: like people weren't getting it and right. it's there and they just weren't getting it, it. yeah it's not really there it's i mean not really there <laughs> we get introduced to him and You know, you could like put two and two together before he says that and everything. Yeah. But there isn't really a reason to because all he's doing is, you know, he claims there's whatever illness or something. And, you know, if you're. If you're very I guess actually if you go into the movie and you're just very cynical mm-hmm. about watching movies, yeah, you probably would go, Oh, well yeah, poison oh, right. It's right. Yeah, well, you know, yeah. but not because the movie gives you you know anything some, to go on to work and use, Yeah, The only thing as time goes on is that, you know, he does keep taking stuff. Right. And then, you know, you piece it together. You kinda get go, it right and go, Oh, okay. But at the same time, you know, he might have just been taking it because, well, look, he's going to die right. and yeah. whatever. But it's a very weirdly put together story either yeah. way. And it's also, you know, we should mention because actually lots of people have been talking about this on the Internet and everything.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: It's Tom Hanks' weirdest makeup.
0: Yeah. And,
2: and that is another thing. It's funny because I've seen a lot of critics say stuff about – not only say stuff about the makeup mm-hmm. – but also, you know, kind of try to take people to task for talking about the makeup. Mm-hmm. And and I don't think, you know, in normal circumstances, I would probably say, look, you know, give the movie a break. Right. Maybe it doesn't have the greatest makeup guy. You know, the right. greatest makeup guy can't work on every movie. Right. And, right. you know, run with it, right? Right. But in this movie, man, it deserves talking about because yeah. there is crazy, cheesy makeup in here. Yeah. And it's hard to understand why. Right. Because when Tom Hanks is this doctor, mm-hmm. I mean, he looks like a cartoon character. Right. Big
0: fake teeth. In and...
2: like the worst way you can imagine. Yeah. He looks ridiculous. Yeah. He looks like that can't possibly really be what he right. looks like. Right. And this is a movie with a cajillion dollar <laughs> yeah. budget. Right. How could it be that bad? They filmed and, all and that it, it so stands out yeah. in such a crazy way. He's got this weird hair and like a big prosthetic nose, nose oh yeah, right the, the nose and,
0: yeah, they must have filmed that all after the you neo know, Korean thing <laughs> right. they, we they, haven't they got, got they much, much left. What can buddy. we do? Well, it
2: makes you think, and this you know this may not be at all true, mm-hmm. right, but Tom Hanks is in several roles with a lot of different makeup on. Where it looks corny and gimmicky and and almost nonsensical, even when he's the big bruiser guy, too, he looks ridiculous. He looks like he's on Saturday Night Live, and they go, we'll slap some crap on you, and that'll be good enough. Just
0: talk funny and you got it.
2: Right, and it's not like we're trying to convince anyone he really looks like that. But what it makes you think when you walk out, especially when you see other people in this movie Mm – and you even mentioned this walking out, you see other people in this movie, uh, like Hugh Grant, Yeah. that you really have to stare at that person for you, a long you're like time before me. you go, right. you, you, know, you go, I know that's somebody right. who I've seen before, right. but and which like, one which is one? that? Right. And there's really good makeup going on. Yeah, he looks seamless. And Hugo Weaving does not have the greatest makeup all the time, right. but he has much better makeup. Right. But it makes you think that Tom Hanks said, You will not cover up my face enough that people won't recognize me right away. Right. And probably will say that that's not true, but it makes it seem seem like like that's true. Well, there's
0: this other thing, and, you know, again, we're getting low on the time, but there's a weird distraction when you do that. When you make that decision as a filmmaker, what you do then is you engage the audience accidentally in breaking the suspension of disbelief because what it becomes is a Where's Waldo game. Right. You're looking at the new story and you're like, okay, where's Tom Hanks? Is that Halle Berry? Oh my God, that is Halle Berry. Wait a minute. There's Hugo Weaving, you know, and wow, they got Hugo Weaving in a dress. He's a big nurse, you know. Okay, great. But now I'm I'm not in your story. I'm just looking at it, you know, outside of things. And if that's really what you want me to do, then congratulations. You succeeded. But I can't believe that's what you really wanted me to do. Right.
2: And So. so, like you said, we're running out of time. We need to wrap up. And I think the thing to say about this movie is that just like the critics, you know, if you're looking for a recommendation, right, you're either going to run with this movie and you're going right. to love it or it's just not going to work and you are going to yeah. find it pretty low on your radar. Right. right. I mean, that I just don't know that there's another way to go, really. Right. And if you really love it, I mean, I am thinking, you know, just like you said when we walked out, it's because you're good with the gimmick. Right. And whatever it's cool. trying to say doesn't matter that
0: much um, or you love or you love films that aren't following the standard because a lot of movies are a lot alike. like they're just different actors and different special effects right. i mean that's a bigger argument and it's very generic but this is not like any movie you've seen for a long time right and if you want that weird like i never saw a film like this experience no hey this, this you're, is great you're this, going is, to you're get. Gonna get it so um
2: i think at this point i am pretty solidly at like one and a half stars i just uh, it, it got worse for me. Yeah. I, I was probably like two and a half before, and I, I don't know, after Man, thinking no. about
0: it, it just got worse. My quick thing is for fans of the book, they're going to go see this film because they want to see the adaptation, and they're going to get what they get. They may either love it or they may hate it. If you are not familiar with the story, my my review is to not see this film at a at a theater that's first run, specifically not a night show, maybe a matinee, you know, this is the kind of thing that you check out on rental or cheap seats. Right. I was one and a half. I, I was thinking two at the most, at the height of my liking it, it was two, but I just, more time was well, gone see, on I and I'm I more thought, frustrated. I we were going to be different no. now. <laughs> it's just, it's more frustrating because they made a movie difficult and they didn't have to. Right. It didn't have to be like this. So mm-hmm. All right. We're totally going to run
2: out of time. So um, we'll see you next week.
0: Thanks for tuning in.
2: And goodbye. Bye.